Hi, I'm Blake. I'm Caleb. And this is the Sunday Underground. Uh, let's see, today uh, we're keeping up with October, the spooky theme. Yes. Um, so we watched a couple movies and we're going to talk about those. Uh, one of them has um, a backstory to it. It was based on a true story. So that's terrifying. Yeah, it makes it, uh, <laughs> it, makes it worse. It makes it worse for sure. Um, and then I think, so we have this one. And then we have um, an episode next week, I think. Monday's, not this Monday, but next Monday's the 31st, right? I'm not 100% sure. I, I'm almost positive it is. So we'll do this one, the like scary movies, and then we'll do, I'm excited about this next one, like Cursed Games. Oh, okay. You know, like Bloody Mary, those sort of things. Yeah. And then I think after that, we're going to go back to doing some true crime for a while. Cool. So. Sounds good. Yeah. Yep. So today, um, I think we should start with the exorcism of Emily Rose first. Yeah. Wild story. That's for sure. Uh, that was. It, it, to me, it's always scarier when things are based on true stories than not. Absolutely. Yeah. It just gives it like another like element or factor of like it being real. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So, um, the exorcism of Emily Rose was actually based on the true story of Annalise Mitchell. Annalise was born on September 21st, 1952 in Klingenberg, Bavaria, Germany, to parents Joseph and Anna, and she had three siblings. And this family was, like, super religious. Yeah. Very strict Catholics. Mm-hmm. Like praying multiple times a day. They went to mass twice a week. Like, yeah. Devout, to say the least. And it's believed that the, you know, like hyper religiosity maybe started with Annalise's mom. Mm-hmm. Her mom, Anna, gave birth to an illegitimate daughter in 1948, four years before Annalise was born. And that obviously, you know, is like a big no no. At that time. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm sure she was shamed for it. Um, I know, as a matter of fact, I know one instance where she was shamed for it. Um, on her wedding day, she was forced to wear a black veil. Obviously, a vast difference from the white veil that's usually worn, you know, with the white color signifying like chastity, modesty, obedience. So they really wanted to drive home the fact that. She was not any of those things in their eyes. Right. Which, what a horrible thing to do to someone. That's so mean. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I don't agree with it, but I mean, that's what their family stands for, whatever. So, well, with that quote unquote shame that she held from her illegitimate child, she really worked hard to atone for her sins. And really drilled atoning for sins into her children's heads. Mm -hmm. And it only got worse when her daughter Martha died in 1956 at the age of eight years old due to complications from a surgery to remove a tumor on her kidney. And this is like purely speculation on my part, but maybe it was like one of those things where they became even more religious because they thought the 
you know, they were being like punished for something sure. because their daughter died at such a young age. Mm-hmm. I know that can like sometimes play into people being like, you know, very religious, not all the time, but yeah. Hyper religious maybe. Yeah. Like people think they're being like, God is punishing them mm-hmm. because they weren't devout enough or they didn't pray enough. Um, yeah. Well, as a teen, Annalise, uh, she was at a local train station and she noticed that there was drug addicts laying on the concrete ground of the train station. And she would pray for them and also atone for their their sins by also sleeping on the floor like they did. She would also atone for the sins of wayward and renegade priests. Annalise carried her strict Catholic religion with her throughout her childhood all the way up until her tragic death. She was 17 years old. Um, She was at school and while she was there, um, she went into what a lot of people at the school, like her friends and teachers, described like a trance kind of. Yeah. And when she came out of it, she had no memory of it happening. In 1969, she had her first epileptic seizure. Her parents took her, took her to the doctor, and the neurologist diagnosed her with frontal lobe epilepsy. Yeah. He gave her meds and then sent her on her way. Mm-hmm. Which, what was that? I can't remember exactly what I'm reading what I was reading, but I think I've read it a couple of times. Like people used to mistake epilepsy all the time for demonic possession. Like, and this is obviously like years and years and years before her case. Right. But, um, I just found that really interesting that like, it's, that was a thing, you know? I mean, obviously they wouldn't have known what epilepsy was, but I can imagine like at that time period, seeing someone having a seizure and being very freaked out. Yeah. Well, religion pretty much rules everything. So, you know, it's kind of not surprising in the same sense. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, from a science standpoint, it's crazy. I know, right? Like knowing what you know now, like it's like, how can you mistake that for demonic possession? It's just like everything, witch trials, all that kind of stuff. It's like, well, you know, if she sinks, she's, she's, she's she's, she's not a witch. She's dead. You know, if she floats, she's a witch. So we're going to kill her. (laughs) It's kind of. Oh my God. That mole, witch's mark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so she got her medicine, um, sent her on her way. She was taking her medicine, but that's when things start getting a little dicey. Yeah. She begins to have evil and disturbing hallucinations. She would pray and would have voices tell her that she was evil and damned and that she would rot in hell. The next year, in 1970, she's admitted into a psychiatric hospital and is given anti-convulsion drugs. And then she's also put on another medicine that is used to treat psychosis, including schizophrenia, uh, disturbed behavior, and illusions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes with epilepsy, people can also have uh, Gershwin syndrome. And Gershwin syndrome is a characteristic behavioral syndrome frequently described in patients affected by temporal lobe epilepsy. Okay. Consists of the following features. Hyperreligiosity. Hypergraphia hyposexuality, and irritability. Hmm. So maybe the hyperreligiosity was a thing because it, it gets, it honestly gets a whole hell of a lot worse. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. 
So three years later, she's not doing much better, but she pushes through and she enrolls in the University of Würzburg in Germany. Mm-hmm. She gets there. She decorates her dorm room with pictures of saints, keeps her holy water near the entrance of her room, and she would consistently parade the rosary every day. Her classmates would describe her as being withdrawn and very religious. But she did have a friend, though, because she went on a religious trip to San Damiano with this friend. Um, but it wasn't that fun for her. And I'm guessing it probably wasn't that fun for the people on the trip either. Because while she was there, she started exhibiting strange behavior. She wouldn't walk past crucifixes. She wouldn't drink from the holy spring that was there. And was even said to have a, quote, hellish smile on her face. Which I can just picture in my mind, and I hate it. Yeah, like that new movie smile. No, I want to see that, but I'm also very scared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so needless to say her friend thought she was possessed and this is a quote from one of the priests who performed her exorcism Annalise told me and Frau Hein confirmed this that she was unable to enter the shrine she approached it with the greatest hesitation then said that the soil burned like fire and she simply could not stand it she then walked around the shrine in a wide arc and tried to approach it from the back She looked at the people who were kneeling in the area surrounding the little garden, and it seemed to her that while praying, they were gnashing their teeth. She got as far as the edge of the little garden, then she had to turn back. Coming from the front again, she had to avert her glance from the picture of Christ in the chapel of the house. She made it several times to the garden, but could not get past it. She also noticed that she could no longer look at medals or pictures of saints. They sparkled so immensely that she could not stand it. And that was from Father Ernst, Ernest, hold on, let me, Ernest Alt, pardon me. Okay, that's that's pretty wild. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's hard not to believe in that when those types of things are happening. Um, to see that and then to see the person going through that, like, you would have to be, you would have to be convincing yourself that these things were happening to you. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. like, I can't walk here, but I don't think that was the case. Like she really could not. Yeah. Like something was controlling her. Yeah. And that's the weird thing. It's like, I mean, I'd imagine like she had like six demons in her body and it's almost like, it seems like to me, like they were like at this point, like controlling her uh-huh. and not letting her walk into the chapel and like religious right. things right which is just so yeah how do you even, yeah how, how do you even deal with that i mean you know what honestly after reading like about this i think she's a lot stronger than most people probably would be because there's no way in hell i'd want to put up with shit like this i just don't know how you could go through like your day-to-day routine yeah Exa- exactly like because at this point, she's still in school. She's mm-hmm. still going to classes. She's still doing mm-hmm. everything she needs to do, but she's like really going through it. Right. So she, and you know, like I said, she's still taking her meds at this point. She's still going to school, living her life. But she did believe that she was possessed. And this is when she starts seeing demon faces and the people around her, just like in the movie. Yeah, that was, uh, 
Those yeah. are some crucial scenes. They re- they really are. They were yeah very scary. Yeah. Can you imagine though, like walking like that happening to you in real life? You're just walking down the street, or you like look out the window, demon face. No, but don't like schizophrenics can see like hallucin. They can hallucinate. I believe so. Yes. Like weird faces or beings and stuff. But Ugh. I mean, sometimes they know they're not real, but sometimes like it's harder to decipher like the truth and what's like not reality i've always like had this thought in my head like what if obviously i'm not discounting schizophrenia there are really people with schizophrenia but what if some of the shit they're seeing is real yeah wouldn't that be wild like like okay and obviously some people they legitimately do have schizophrenia but what happens if there's people that are diagnosed with schizophrenia but they're actually seeing shit like in real life, they don't I, have schizophrenia. I it's see what just, you're saying. yeah. They're just like tapping into something, just like a medium or something. Yeah, like, like a that. medium like, or, yeah. Uh, like, um, but like according to like the DSM 5, like you have to have multiple symptoms. It's not just no. the one thing. Right. And, uh, okay. Exactly. Okay, cool. I didn't, that's it's, interesting. It's like I didn't th- know that. Three or four like symptoms, usually more. Like, you have, if you're that severe, like, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, after she goes on her trip, you know, she's still having the aversion to religious objects and seeing demons in people's faces. She returns home and her parents there, you know, try and help her get through it. But things are just getting insanely worse. She's throwing things. She's being aggressive, tearing off her clothes, screaming for hours. But that's not even the worst of it. She crawled under a table and barked like a dog for almost two days. She bit the head off of a bird. She would eat coal and insects, such as spiders and flies. So her eating the spider in the movie yeah, really happened in real life. I, I was going to say something about that. Obviously, we're going to talk about the movie after this, but she was eating like the insects and the spiders and things. But those other things would have been, would have added to the story. I wonder why they, I know it was like a two hour movie, but yeah. Like details, 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 you know? Yeah. Uh, well, she would urinate on the floor and then lick it up. And then my opinion, this is one of the worst things she did. She would do upwards of 400 squats per day. You know, like in the movie when she's like flailing around and like kicking and clawing at the wall. Like yeah. that really terrifying movement that she does. Yeah. She was just, you know, like her like kind of jumping is what I pictured in the mind. 400 times a day yeah if you've ever done like 15 to 30 like three sets of those yeah it's it sucks it's terrible like on fire yeah yeah imagine doing like 400 a day and you know she's not taking in any water really she's not eating any food she's only eating insects you beat me to it i was gonna say how can your body even um withstand that kind of like torture essentially Mm -hmm. but i mean if it's demon possession you have no choice yeah i mean they're basically like driving your body oh just the lack of water you think maybe that maybe that uh was the drive to like the cramping and the weird some of the weird contortions oh yes like your muscles like cramping up up, yeah and then i'm sure like you know having epilepsy didn't help either with like the convulsions and tremors this is all coming together like the more we're talking and thinking about this like yeah the more it's like making sense yeah it it's it's definitely, um, it makes sense in my head. 
it did not make sense to her parents. Um, yeah. That behavior caused her mother to try and find a priest to perform um, an exorcism. She had two failed attempts at uh, finding one, but on the third one, she finally found a priest who agreed to do the exorcism. Father Ernest Alt was the first one to take her seriously and thought that it wasn't epilepsy at all, but possession. He contacted the bishop and explained his findings, and then the bishop contacted Father Arnold Renz to help with the exorcism. And the priest in the movie, he was based on these two men. Okay. September 24th, 1975, they began the first of the 67 exorcisms. The exorcisms would be performed once or twice a week and would last up to four hours each time. And unlike in the movies, the doctor was not present and her parents actually stopped all medical care from doctors at this point. Okay. During these 10 months, she would often have to be restrained and would suffer from torn ligaments and broken bones in her knees from the 600 gen genuflections she did at every exorcism so that's like you know uh saying your prayer or whatever getting down on your knees standing back up getting to your knees like, like in reverence almost like a, a burpee or is that what they're called yeah like it's like it's like kind of like she was just like dropping straight to her knees so like um Damn. like i get it's to me, it kind of looks like, you know, like when players like take a knee in baseball yeah. or football or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like that. And then if you do it on like both knees, it's called like double genuflections. And it's something a lot of people do in like Catholic religions, I guess. Sure. So imagine doing 600 of those, which is either 600 or 1200 every week on top of your like 400 squats that you're doing. Yeah. No. Yeah, and that explains all the, like, purple and green bruising and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Like, okay. Yep. Um, now, do you remember the part in the movie where she would count the numbers one through six and I, then said she was possessed by six entities? I do. I have that written down. <laughs> that happened in real life. Oh, man. Oh, it makes my skin crawl. Yeah. I Seriously, my hair is standing up. I hated it. Yeah. Um, well, the first was Lucifer, also known as Satan. Mm -hmm. We all obviously know who he is, a beautiful angel who fell from heaven for defying God, mm -hmm. ruler of hell. We know who he is. The second was Cain, also known as the first murderer. Cain is said to be the brother of Abel and the son of Lucifer and Eve. Mm -hmm. The story goes that he was jealous of his brother, Abel, because he believed that God showed favoritism to him. So he lured Abel out into a field and killed him with a rock. God was pissed and is like, you know, what happened? Why did you do that? Cain lies to him about killing Abel. So God punishes Cain by killing off his crops and causes them to never be able to grow again. And he also makes it so that Cain can never be killed. So he's like a mortal. The third was Judas Iscariot. He was one of the first uh, or one of the 12 apostles and his claim to fame is betraying Jesus for mm -hmm. 30 pieces of silver. Now there's varying stories about what happened to him after the betrayal in Mark. Um, is it chapter 27 verse three through 10? Is that how you say that? I don't really know. I'm not familiar with the Bible too much, but I think, I think that's, I think that's how it is. Uh, I don't know. I might be wrong, but anyway, so in Mark, he repented after seeing Jesus condemned to death and then returned the silver and hanged himself, uh, traditionally from the Judas tree. Yeah. 
in Acts 1, chapter 1, verse 18, he bought a field with the reward of his wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. Yeah, there's a great scene in um, the second... Um, what's the Anthony Hopkins movie uh, where he's like um, Buffalo Bill, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's not Buffalo Bill, but um, oh, um, Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter? Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs is... The second one. Is it Red Dragon? Uh, Lecter, Hannibal? Hannibal. Hannibal, okay. Okay, so he does that to one of his victims. He guts them and then throws them over the balcony and their guts spill out and like basically like a... Uh, like a Times Square Union type place, and all these people are around, and this dude just hanging there with his guts, like hanging out. Like, Ew. so that's that's gross. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, the fourth was Belial. In several Hasidic books, he is described as being uh, one of the angels who followed Lucifer Lucifer to hell. I also found that in some instances that he was the last demon to fall, and is pretty much the worst of them all. He is known as the demon of impunity and lies. The fifth was Legion, and it was it was kind of hard to tell because when you think of Legion, you think of like I don't know, like a, a Roman army, like legions of soldiers, like that sort of thing. Um, but I found um, on gotquestions.org. Uh, that in Mark 5, Jesus visit, visits the region of Gerasenes. Gerasenes? I don't know how to pronounce that. But anyway, uh, he's immediately confronted by a demon-possessed man who lived among the tombs, cut himself with stones, and could not be kept in captivity. When Jesus asked the demon what its name was, the demon replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. Yeah, didn't they make a movie about that too, Legion? I don't know. I've never. He battles like Michael the Archangel. Well, that sounds kind of cool. I've never heard of that. It's a horror film. Like, is it really? It's yeah. Oh, cool! I've never heard of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The sixth was Nero, and Nero was a Roman emperor in 54 AD, and was best known for killing his mother, stepbrother, and wife. He persecuted a ton of Christians, and was also the instigator for the Great Fire of Rome. She was also said to be possessed by Adolf Hitler and Fleischmann. Uh, Fleischmann was a 16th century priest whose priesthood um, lasted for only three years because he was frequently drunk and was accused of assault and murder. At one point in the exorcisms that occurred, the priests heard the demons manifest and witnessed Hitler saying, People are stupid as pigs. They think it's all over after death. It goes on. And Judas replies uh, that Hitler had no real say in hell and that he was nothing but a big mouth. (laughs) So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, After 67 failed exorcisms, Annalise passed away from dehydration and malnutrition on July 1st, 1976 at 23 years old. Towards the end of her life, she stopped eating because she thought it would rid her of Satan's influence. And she was only 68 pounds when she passed away. So this was like a six-year event? or It started when she was like 17, um, you know, with all of her symptoms and stuff, like yeah. seeing people, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the exorcisms lasted for 10 months. 
Oh, okay. Like okay, that okay, whole okay. Gotcha. period. Um, now, this story blew up in Germany. Mm-hmm. And like the movie, there was a trial. Mm-hmm. March 30th, 1978, the trial began. And the doctors testified, or the doctors that testified, they believed that she wasn't possessed. They thought that she was suffering from a psychological effect brought on by her religious upbringing and worsened by her epilepsy. In the trial, they played the tapes that were recorded during her exorcisms. And I, I don't know what those are like because I had no desire to listen to them. But if you want to be scared shitless, you can uh, just go on YouTube and search uh, Annalise Mitchell, uh like recordings and you can listen to them. They're, they're actual tapes for real? Yeah, I did not. I, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that was like out there. I don't ever want to hear that. So I did not look it up. Is it I, in German? Um, it is in German, yeah, because she spoke German. But I think I think I read something that said there's like uh, English subtitles to it, so okay. you can see what's going on. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't look into it. I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. Interesting. So. so it's not not you know it's bad enough. Like it's like um like a demon possession, like a demon speaking. But then it's in German, and you know oh. how harsh. Like the German language can be very harsh sounding. Mm-hmm. Like nothing against it, but I mean it. It can be. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure that sounds incredible. I feel like uh, that would make it 10 times worse. Yeah. So we will. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the uh, priests and parents, they stayed strong in their belief that she was possessed and it was ruled on April or in April 1978 that the two priests were guilty of manslaughter resulting from negligence. They were sentenced to six months in jail, but that sentence was later suspended and dropped to three years probation. Her parents had no charges brought against them since it was determined that they had suffered enough. That was one of my questions. It's like, why did they put it all on the priests when the parents like, right. you know, wanted the priests? They were very religious. They wanted, they, yeah. they denounced like the medical part of it. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I thought too. Um, I don't know. It just seemed to me to, and, and I don't know because I'm not like incredibly religious, but I feel like, you know, having a doctor there, during exorcisms, you have to look at her and see that something's not right. She obviously needs some kind of medical care. It's just not exorcisms at this point. Yeah, I feel like even though she wasn't like taking in food, like she couldn't eat or drink or anything like IVs or and, if they could get them in even, I don't know. But yeah, because like I know I read that she had to be restrained a couple of times, but like, you know, she had to sleep sometimes. Couldn't we like snuck in and like, yeah, like sedate her and put them in and yeah. something. Yeah. It's, I don't know. We weren't there. Oh, uh, right. I, I don't know what I do you in know, that situation, but yeah, I mean, it's easier, easy to sit now and right. Look back on it. Yeah. Like for sure. But I'm sure they tried everything. Oh yeah. You know, you know, people, people get stuck in their faith too, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she was buried next to her sister, Martha at the outer edge of the cemetery. And, I didn't know this, but I guess like back in the day at the outer edge or like the back of cemeteries or like certain parts of cemeteries. And this isn't all cemeteries, but some of them are reserved for illegitimate children and for people who commit suicide. I had no idea. Isn't that weird? Like, oh yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. We're going to send you to the back because you committed suicide. It's like, what? That doesn't make any sense, but it's at, that was the time period, I guess. Right. Today, today it's, I think it's anyone and everyone just kind of combined, but yeah. Uh, people still visit her grave. They leave little notes or thanks, uh, you know, say a prayer. She's like a really big inspiration for people because, um, 
you know, she stuck it out through all of that, wanted to still at the end, wanted to atone for everyone's sins. So, and I do have to say, I think she's brave because I couldn't have, I would not do that. I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, incredible story. Uh, super crazy and i've never i haven't heard about i've heard about some exorcisms but you don't hear about a ton yes and i'm sure they go on maybe they keep it under wraps under behind closed doors things like that right and that's the thing with this story um the bishop and like the catholic church who okayed the exorcism did not want it getting out at all that they were performing the exorcism that was one thing in the movie like the archdiocese or whatever was like we don't want this like you know, do yeah. not put that priest on the stand. Yeah. Like, do not. Well, I have a weird little fact. Okay. Uh, another little part to the story. Two years after she died, her parents had her exhumed because they wanted her placed in a nicer coffin. But I read that that wasn't the real reason. Mm-hmm. A Carmelite nun in South Bavaria told Joseph and Ann that she had a vision that Annalise's body was still perver- preserved and there was like no decomposition. An official report from the state concluded that the body showed signs of consistent deterioration. Mm, okay. So that wasn't a real vision that she had. That's a great story. Um, let's talk about the movie. Okay, cool. Because I did not like it. I mean, I liked it, but right. I did not. Yeah, you're not a fan of a no. possession. Nope. But The Exorcism of Emily Rose, it came out in 2005. And from what, like, you've read and talked about and what we've discussed, like they stay fairly true to the story. Yeah. It's, there's some stuff that's like, um, Uh, obviously they turn it American, right? Everyone speaks English. Yeah. It's place in America. Yeah. But, um, like the, the thing about the demons and like, Uh um, you know, it stayed like all of her, what am I trying to say? Like her aversion to like religious stuff. Like that's all. Yep, family super yeah. religious, all that stuff. Oh yeah, it starts off like the the credits like roll, and then you just hear like these demonic sounds, like screaming. Like, all, right. all right, I was, like, you yeah. know what? I heard that, and I was like, great, just great. This is how we're starting this off. Yeah, she gets accepted college, you know, mm-hmm. and her mom's like, okay, whatever. They send her off, and go ahead. You know what I thought was interesting about this movie uh-huh. is that. You have, it follows, um, what's her name? Laura Lenny, the Aaron, the attorney. Uh-huh. And then it also follows uh, Emily. Yeah. It looks like Emily lives in like 1940s Dust Bowl. And then you go to the attorney and it is all very modern. Yeah. Very modern. I thought that was a an interesting dynamic or like. Yeah, it is. They have that like prairie house out in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Um, it just adds to the scary factor and like the it does. religious factor to it. it but seriously, yeah. it looks like Oklahoma Dust Bowl. No, you're right. You're right. I did notice that. No, I didn't think about it. But now that you bring it up, yeah, for sure. So she's there, you know. Yep. Uh, she meets a boy, whatever. And uh, she wakes up in the middle of the night and she smells like like a burnt, burning smell. Yeah. Right. She goes out in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Like winds are roaring, doors are slamming. <laughs> you know, I will say this: that movie had a ton of jump scares. Yeah, like you know, you, and then she like walks back into uh, her little dorm room, and like the pin, yeah, that rattling noise. I was like, oh 
fuck no, I hate this. Yeah, super crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the spirits start to take over her body. Ugh. You see her fighting back. You know, she's obviously, she's physically like pushing, but she's laying in bed and she can't control her muscles. Like, like you know, like when, when it first starts, like something pushes down on the bed. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. hell no. Starting. I hate that. Yeah. Um, and also too, her crying is very scary to me. Her facial features that she makes, like. Is it Jessica Biel? Is that who it's, this is? It's uh, Jennifer Carpenter. She played Deb in Dexter. That's right. Mm-hmm. They look super similar when they were young. Yeah. That's right. Her crying and like the facial features she makes are just. Yeah. It, she was the perfect person to play it yeah. because she is just terrifying. Yeah. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then it, like it goes to another, like obviously there's court scenes in between yeah. blah, blah, blah. And they're kind of telling the story like as, as the court scene is happening. Um, but when she walks into the, um, what's it? It's not a church, but the, um, what's it called? Uh, the chapel. Yeah. Yeah. And she sees these faces of the women and like their eyes and mouth are like blacked out and like Ugh. open and they're just like demons. Ugh. Like in everyone that she like is walking past is like a demon. She can't take the sounds. Yeah. She can't take like, I don't know what, like extreme light. Like anything is like super annoying to her. Yeah. So she like, uh, isn't it after that where she like walks into like the church or whatever mm-hmm. and the guy is like chasing after her. What's his name? Um, like the guy she's seeing? Yeah, is it, it's Josh? Mm-hmm. Is that his name? I think it is. Anyway, um, she's like standing up there by like the pulpit or whatever the hell that thing's called. Yeah. And just starts like bending over backwards. Yeah. And I hated that. Oh, it was terrible. And then she has like this demonic voice. I think that's what really when you hear it the first time, like yeah. in the chapel, she's kind of lets out like this primal scream type thing. I just don't like the body contortions. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't think that's anything. Kind of like when um he like stays with her in her dorm room to like keep an eye on her mm-hmm. and he wakes up, she's not in the bed and he's like, oh, like where are you? And she's on the floor. She's playing like Twister by herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, this is a new game I started. It's like Limbo and Twister mixed together. Yeah. Yeah, she's all she's all like pretzeled up. It looks so unnatural. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't even know how they did that. But. I don't I don't know, because that's what I was thinking, too, when I was watching it. I was like, how does she move her body like that? That's, I don't know, crazy effect. Yeah. But uh, the whole, this whole time, as the story's going, like, they have um, these doctors and, you know, obviously, like, medical experts have multiple degrees and this and that and have studied medicine for a very long time. They're all writing it off as epilepsy. Like we heard the way, medicating her, you know, this and that. But that was one of the things that the priests and had said, like um, the medicine is what was like restricting what what the priest was trying to do. Yeah, because they had, um, what's her name? Her name is Shorey Agdishlu. Yeah, the lady that was like. Dr. Sidira. That's what she kind of said too. Like the medicine was like making it to where her brain like could not receive like the exorcism or whatever, which side note, 
I love that lady. Mm-hmm. I think she has one of the coolest voices I've ever heard. It was cool. And the, um, like the prosecutor was trying to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Like the pseudoscience type bullshit after they've heard like several medical doctors like have their side and the judge overrules and, yeah. le- you know, let's hear it out as they should. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that lady, I am I was glad she was in that movie because I really like her. She's been in, like, The Expanse. It's mm-hmm. like a sci-fi series, and she was in, like, 24. I remember t- watching 24 mm-hmm. when I was little. Um, I don't know. There's something about her voice that I just absolutely love. Yeah, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts back to, like, the scene when they're, um, like, the priest is there, the dad, and, like, one of her sisters, and they go up to the room. Oh. She has clawed all over the walls. like that was, like like multiple scratch marks, like where she's just trying to rip, rip down the walls mm-hmm. and she's kneeled over saying, repeating something and eating insects and spiders. Oh my God. Just the act of her shoving that spider in her mouth, yeah, like the like way crunches. she was doing it two hands. Yeah. And then they have to like wrestle her and she has this demonic strength, you oh, know, she's like jumping all around. That's where mm-hmm. like, that's what I was talking about. Like when the squats come in, cause it, she's yeah. like jumping up and down and then she's like doing like these donkey kicks or whatever. Yeah. I hated watching that. It was wild. Is that when, is that the point where she like runs out and runs into the barn? No. That's later. That's after the exorcism. Okay. Or yeah. the failed exorcism. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like note in, in this story, um, they just give her the one. And he said he tries to do like another one mm-hmm. and she's not accepting it. Like she didn't give him permission. So he wasn't like allowed to do another one. Yeah. But in the real story, they did have like how, 67. 60, yep. 67. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. The So the barn part is like they do uh, before we get to that part. Oh, and we should also talk about too um, the lady who's uh, representing him. She's like starting to have like weird stuff happen to her. Too. Yeah. And the priest warned her. He's like, whether you believe in demons or not, it's real. And this whole case is surrounded by it. I can feel it. They're here. Yeah. And he's like, he, he warned her early on. And yeah, she did. And even the priest woke up. Yeah. And he heard night. like the counting. He heard the counting and yeah. he smelled like the burnt smell. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, that's what she smelled. And then, you know, shit has started happening to him. Ugh. Like he has to go outside. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's pretty crazy. Um, he sees a cloak figure, figure, mm-hmm. you know, and they ask him like, "When do you see this cloak figure?" He's like, "All the time." Like I just see it all the time now. I know. I was like, "Oh, okay, I hate that for you. That sucks." Um. So then, like, okay, they have the uh, they do the exorcism. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That uh was also scary to me because. Uh, like when she like speaks a different language, was it Latin that they were speaking? Latin, yeah. Okay. And she was speaking uh, like multiple voices at once. Yeah. I hate that. That's but... one thing they, yeah, that's one thing they brought up at the trial and like she had studied, uh, multiple languages and mm. you know, different things and they were trying to write it off like that. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know I, if you've ever heard two people speak it like two languages at the same time they say you have like multiple vocal cords and you can speak high yeah. registers and things like that but yeah i read something about that too um i don't know she's like laughing while they're doing the exorcism yeah. like the little chuckle yeah Ugh, that's so bad and the counting and then all of a sudden she just like 
rips off her restraints and jumps out of the window, runs yeah. to the barn. Yeah. The barn scene, I'm 1000% positive is the scariest part of that movie. Like they put her in the water. Like she jumps in the water. She, she's in like a trough type thing. Yeah. She like runs, runs into the barn and he's like, name yourself demon or whatever. And she starts like counting and then she like says all of their names. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That was like the worst thing I've ever seen. I don't ever want to witness that again, ever. No. But that's when it starts to like wrap up the movie. Mm -hmm. And it starts to get more into the court side of things. Yes. And this poor priest, he's only doing what's right. He's doing what the family had asked him to do. He believes in it. He's a devout Catholic. Yeah. And he's put on this trial. And uh, they have to make a, a judgment. Mm -hmm. You know, they offered him a plea agreement and said, we'll give him like, what, 12 months? Yeah, something like that. Served and yeah. like, no. Yeah. Like that, that to me, like, really said something when he was like, no, I'm not taking a yeah. plea agreement because I'm telling her story. This really happened. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then they had the doctor. Um, who wanted to like remain anonymous and stuff yes. like that. With the tape recorder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got the tape recorder from him. Um, but then he was supposed to show up like as a witness and like he was late being there. He didn't want to show up when, um, what's the lady's name? The blonde haired lady. Uh, her name is Aaron. 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 Like Aaron what? Bruner. She was the, uh, attorney. Yeah. She met him outside and she was talking to him. And he's like, I don't want anything to do with this. You know, the evil is here. I've seen it. Blah, blah, blah. Gets hit by a car. Uh, but like, before he does, he has like, um, he like stares like behind her and looks terrified. Yeah. I was like, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. It was. So they, they go through this trial and then, um, you know, they're going like, Trial's done. They're like, we're going to sentence you. Sentencings will be in like however many, like months, weeks, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the jury's like, oh, or she's like, I'll just, you know, do it now because they wanted the. The priest said, yeah, yeah, if he was guilty, then he didn't want to wait. He wanted the sentencing right away. And yeah. they said, okay. So before the um, judge was like sentencing him, like a lady from the jury stood up. And said, we would like to recommend something, you know, a little mm -hmm. back and forth. Like, I was like, objection. Yeah. And they're like, we'll recommend uh, time served. I know. When I heard that, I was like, well, what? Yeah. And the judge was like, okay, I'll accept that. So she's like, we'll find you guilty. You're free to go. Man. I was like, what? What an, what an ending to the movie. Yeah. Pretty wild. Um, I enjoyed it. I saw it when it came out. Like, I watched it back then. And uh, it was nice to rewatch it. Like, it doesn't seem like it's that old. It didn't seem like. Um, when did it come out? Super was it dated? Two thousand five. Wow, that's right. Two thousand five. Yeah, like the effects weren't cheesy or anything. Like, um, yeah, I, I thought it held up pretty well. Yeah, I did. Um, I re I I did not like it, but I did like it. So <laughs> yeah, crazy story nonetheless. I would not watch it again, but it was great, and I thought all the special effects were really cool. Yeah, I thought the all the acting was really great, especially um, Jennifer Carpenter. She did fantastic. Yeah. She is just great at crying yeah. and makes it look just awful and scary. And I, I thought she was perfect. I agree. I think everyone played their role perfectly. Mm -hmm. I mean. 
the cast was great. Yep. So. I agree. So which one do you want to do next? Slumber Party? Yeah, let's talk about Slumber Party Massacre. Okay. Spoiler uh, alert or spoiler warning, whatever. Um, if you haven't seen Slumber Party, I just want to throw that out there. I probably should have done that before Emily Rose, but I feel like 2005, I, everybody's probably seen it at this point. Right. And, and the original um, Slumber Party Massacre came out um, years and years ago. Let me see. Let me find the date here real quick. Um, blah, blah, blah. 1982. So if you haven't caught up, we are so sorry, but we are going <laughs> we're going to spoil the shit out of this for you. <laughs> so Slumber Party Massacre came out in 1982, like we said, and I, I had never seen this before. I watched it a couple weeks ago, but um, Halloween 1978 had come out, and then Halloween two came out in 1981. And after watching this, like this is like complete copycat Michael Myers type voyeurism killing. Is it really? Yeah. It's a copycat film through and through. I have, I haven't watched, um, I've only watched like pieces and parts of Halloween Mm -hmm. movies. I've never sat down and watched a whole one through. So, um, I'm glad you knew that because you're a big Halloween fan, but I, I didn't pick up on that mostly because I don't, I just don't watch the movies. Sure. Uh, no one can hear this but me and you, but we have like 30 minutes left, so let's just talk about this one and the new one, and that'll probably be our time. Okay. Um, so, Russ Thorne, he's a mass murderer, killed five people, escapes from prison. Uh, right, killer, killer <laughs> it's just the driller killer. Yeah, the yep. driller killer. He's got this super, like, like what, 24-inch drill bit or some yeah. shit? Yeah. Did they have battery-powered drills back in the 80s? I mean, obviously, if they made this movie, it just seems like very new, like, you know. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't remember it when I was a kid, but I don't know. I feel like a lot of stuff had cords back then. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so the parents leave this, like, 18-year-old girl home alone, and uh, she discards, like, childhood toys, like, at the beginning, saying, like, I'm an adult. Yes. You know, I can do this. Yep. The creepy neighbor comes out. I'll watch her creepy dude he's weird (laughs) you know i'm I'm so glad you said that because i was like what a weirdo like you know and and like at first i was like i knew that you know a mental uh patient had escaped or whatever but i was like yeah it's gotta be the neighbor he's so weird yeah that was my first thought like oh yeah i'll take good care of your daughter you guys go and i'll take care of your daughter yeah it's like Like, dude i I would like you know what i'm not going on vacation anymore she's we're staying here because you're weird yeah super weird um so typical high school you know bullshit uh clicks these girls click up what are they is it a basketball team it was a basketball team yeah basketball team they all hang out together they're planning this party and um the killer attacks his first victim within the first like five minutes of this movie. That's yeah, that's what was wild to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens like right outside the school. Yeah, like the lady in the van who's like doing the electrical work or whatever. Yeah. That when she opened that door and he just yanked her in, that scared the yeah. crap out of me. It was like a telephone line repair yeah. lady or whatever gets her right in the van, literally in like in the parking lot of the school. Yeah. And she's like banging on the glass and yeah. like nobody notices. Oh my god. Yeah, everyone's so self involved and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh plenty of tits and ass in this movie. Oh my uh, god, I know. Typical eighties uh horror film. 
I haven't watched a lot of 80s horror films, so I was like, oh my God, yeah. like they showed this in the 80s? It's, it's rampant in the 80s, like 70s, 80s horror films. You're going to see some side boob. You're going to see some full on tits. Like a lot of uh, girls like in their underwear, stuff like that. Oh, I didn't know that when I was watching it. I was I like, th- wow, that's a lot of nudity for the 80s. I didn't know that it was like a big thing. It is. I think it gives a sense of like vulnerability. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. And you're just putting yourself out there, like going about your business, not thinking about like a killer on the loose. And I think that's because who would, right. You know, you get changed in uh, like, I didn't, I'm going to tell you what, if I got changed in high school, I did not think about some murderer watching me or no. And I still don't think about it at my house. Like, no, not a thought. After today, you might, I don't know. I know. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so uh this is obviously a stalker type film like i said like halloween 78 came out and uh this film followed suit they saw that it was a money maker it basically like a, a basically a cheap replication in my opinion 100% my opinion was it a bad film no i actually like this film i thought it was pretty okay i will say this one was way better than the 2021 remake I had, oh. hard, I had a hard time watching this new one. So did I. We, I <laughs> let's not go too far. Okay, we're gonna talk about it. But yeah, uh, a turn to punch bowl, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, <sighs> In my opinion, yeah, yeah. Sorry if you like that stupid film. <laughs> <laughs> so the, this is when the the drill comes in. The second vil- victim gets the drill. Rust, uh, rust. He starts drilling like through the door. Uh, Is it in the locker room? It is. And she's like hiding and he gets her, right? Oh man, I thought she was good. I really did. Until like he drilled her and like blood starts pouring underneath the door and he knows she's in there. I'm telling you what, her running around walking like in like the gymnasium and in the locker room down the hall, like trying to see what doors are locked. I would be panicked oh yeah super panicked absolutely panicked and i like she's like running from him he catches her or no he doesn't catch her uh or no he does because he drills her like right in the arm he drills through her she runs away she's hiding and he walks all through there doesn't find her and i'm like oh okay good she escaped good for her he like looks down and like her blood's all over the floor i was like yeah it's like seeping through another door he's got her yeah so the the third victim is like the neighbor, the neighbor guy killing snails. Yeah. Okay, let's back up a minute to talk about how creepy <laughs> this guy is. She's sitting in her house. The yeah. door is open. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, I was just checking on you." So I like, so you had to go all the way upstairs to check on her. Yeah. You couldn't have knocked on the door. Yeah. He's like, we left your door open, and. I was like, that's weird, you know? And he's like, they've got like their weed and their beer. And he's like, you know, I won't tell if you won't tell your parents I I was in here. And it was like, ugh. Yeah. Weirdo. So then we get to him being killed. Yeah. Who is out there in the dark killing snails with a meat cleaver? What a weirdo. Complete weirdo. I wonder if they did that on purpose or if like he was supposed to be a normal character. Because he gave off really, really creep vibes. It was probably a distraction. Like, okay. this, this is the guy. Well, it worked because right. I was like, oh, it's for sure this dude. He's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they're drinking, having fun, smoking pot, waiting on other friends to show up or whatever. And uh, they order a pizza. Mm-hmm. Pizza guy gets it. He kills a pizza guy. Ugh. Doesn't he drag him in the house? I think so, yeah. 
and then the another girl goes out like uh girl's boyfriend's killed in the garage like there's a couple guys that come over yeah you know they're not supposed to be there oh uh, yeah the guy like blowjob scene he like drives his car into the garage yeah and she goes so she's like goes back in and is like tells her friends like oh I'm leaving with him blah 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 yeah she walks back out goes to kiss him and his head falls off yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah but also can we just back up a second I don't know why I wrote this down but it just really stood out to me she's in the kitchen making Kool Aid right yeah why was that Kool Aid pack so huge the eighties they were like little tiny now and this one was like insane. I just thought that was very weird, like that the difference in Kool-Aid packages from now until then. I don't know why I picked up on that. Yeah. But I was like, that's strange. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um probably it was meant for like maybe a gallon and today's meant for like a quart or yeah. something. I don't know. I don't I have no I idea. I don't drink Kool-Aid. Not important, but it was just weird <laughs> it to me. Funny. It is funny. Um but yeah, like the boys, like they were like creeping. Like the two guys that were there, yeah, like peeking in the windows at him, yeah, Ugh, yeah, gross. Don't be like that. Yeah, uh, that's a, like I feel like another '80s thing. Like the guys aren't supposed to be there anyway. Like one of them becomes like the hero, you know, the hero mm-hmm. guy. Uh, he gets drilled through his back. <laughs> this guy's just drilling the shit out of everybody. Yeah, and uh, man, I make a point. Um, the killer never says a word. He doesn't say anything. Yeah, not until the very end. Right. Yeah. He didn't say anything. And yeah. that was one of the distinctions between this old one and the new one. The The new one, the guy says something like right off the bat. And I was like, what? Yeah. That kind of gives away the mystique. It does. It's, it does. It makes him scarier with him not saying anything. Yeah. Just a silent killer mm-hmm. who is only worried about killing. And that's all that's on his mind. So I, I thought that was kind of cheesy in the new one. They kind of made him like laugh. And I was like, mm. you know, it was uh, uh, also mm-hmm. I, another weird thing I noticed in this movie was they were all in the kitchen because that guy had got punched in the face. Yeah. And she's like, he's like, do you have a steak, you know, to put on my eye? And I'm yeah. just like, who the hell used to waste steaks? <laughs> they used to eyes? do that. It's so weird. Yeah. So she, but she didn't have one. So she put like hot dogs yeah. on it. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. A yeah. little comic relief. Yeah. Uh, but the killer enters the, the sleepover house mm. and kills a girl upon entry. Oh, the girl who opens the door? Yeah. Just, that that scared the crap out of me, too, because it was just very, to me, unexpected. I mean, I probably should have known it was coming at that point, but she opens the door, and he just swings that drill, like, right at her. Yeah. Um, They they knock him out. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, he's laying, like, in the living room, and, uh, like, he wakes up. Like, isn't there a girl, like, hiding behind the couch or some shit? I think so. I know, like, the the coach comes in. The coach comes in. Yeah. And then he gets her, right? Yeah, he gets her. And um, that other girl, like, whose parents went out of town, they're at her house. Yeah. Um, The other two girls, her, I can't remember her name, but her and her sister, they come over and they, like, save her. And, oh, my God, like, when... uh, The one they didn't want to come over in the first place. Yes, that one. They, um, she has like this huge machete. Yeah. And, um, cuts his drill, cuts yeah. his hand off. Yeah. And then, yeah. Like slices him. 
falls in the water, yep, gets the back out. Yep. Oh man, that was that was rough. Yeah, that's why the you know the girls' coach come in and save the day. Uh, the killer finally speaks. Yes. In the last of the film. It's like you're pretty. Yeah. You know you want it. Yeah. You love it. And I was like, oh my god. Yeah. The final girl cuts his hand off yep. and uh, slashes him, mm-hmm. like you said, and uh, like got him across like his gut, and he ends up. She ends up killing him. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was bad. I haven't watched many '80s horror films. Um, yeah. So, but I thought it was okay. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, uh, the uh, screaming in '80s music or '80s movies is just very over the top. It is like you know. It's, it's like that's too much. You're doing entirely way too much. Yeah, I agree. Um, I liked it, and that was my first time watching it. And I would probably watch that one again. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone wanted to watch it, I'd be like, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't go out of my way, maybe, but it, yeah, not a bad film at all. Oh, I forgot to tell you something about the Emily Rose movie. Okay, going back to that real quick. Sure. Um, that movie it was said to be maybe a little bit cursed. Uh, the girl Jennifer Carpenter who played Emily Rose. Her radio would turn itself on in the middle of the night, like multiple times while she was filming. And her radio would only play like one little section from Alive by Pearl Jam. So it would just play I'm Still Alive over and over and over again. Well, that's creepy. And then Laura Lenny, the lady who was the attorney, her radio radio also turned on at night uh, during the filming of the movie. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, pass. I just had, I uh, was just looking at this and I was like, oh God, I forgot to tell him about that. That was very creepy. No, that's cool. Yeah. Well, super creepy. Yeah. We only have about uh, 15 minutes left. So we're going to talk about um, the new version or the reboot, remake, sequel. They kind of tried to make it a sequel, which I thought was kind of weird. You know, 40 years later or whatever. Um, Slumber Party Massacre 2021. Yeah, it's the first part of the movie was in 1993. That's when it took place. Um, uh, what's her name? I can't remember her name, but it was the girl. Um, she was like arguing with her boyfriend, which side note, I thought I was like, does he have me watching a parody? What you remember? Uh, what's her name's boyfriend? His name was Chad. Mm-hmm. And he's just some of the worst acting I have ever watched in my life i literally i was like is this like a parody is this like a scream or something or a scary movie that i'm watching that's that's how bad the acting was in the beginning i actually wrote that down um they made this movie is horrible i mean i am no producer i'm no director i haven't i do not have the millions to make the movies or whatever but this was a turd this movie um it was like it almost it almost had like a filter over it, like a shit filter. <laughs> it's like we're gonna make this. You're looking through a shit lens at this film being made. I don't know, like dimension. Like um, I thought it had potential to be really cool, you know, because yeah. they start out in the beginning. That guy looking past his like incredibly terrible acting. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a cool first start because. Um, I thought it was going to be like that whole, I was like, dang, they're already killing off everybody left and right. We're like mm-hmm. two minutes into the movie. Right. And then you switch to later on in the movie, 
it's the 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 first survivor from or the only survivor from 1993 she has a daughter mm-hmm. and then it tells her daughter's story and i was like wow that's really cool what a cool way to switch it up i yeah. think that maybe this will be okay sure the acting's a little bit corny sure um i did notice too uh they that they had like a space baby two of the girls both had a space baby shirt on uh-huh. so i kind of like that i thought that was neat yeah uh to carry over but I I was like kind of excited. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Her daughter's going back. I was like, obviously, like people are going to die because it's probably going to be the same story. Right. You know, and then they switch it up and it was literally planned. They plan to go there. They plan to try and kill this guy because like, you know, to avenge her mom. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, this is definitely taking a turn. I had higher hopes because, like, the original movie was made in, like, 1982. Mm-hmm. This one being made in 2021, you'd think higher production value equals better movie, m- maybe. Yeah. Not the, case. Not the case at all. Yeah, I thought, I was I was really hoping um, it would be a lot better than it was. She would give a lot of speeches that I thought were, like, super corny and, like, literally never happened in real life, um, you know, at the... yeah in the moment plus we have this like cliche cabin in the woods type scenario like camp type setting which we've seen a million times before Mm -hmm. crazy x shows up uh gets murdered right right outside the cabin like right under their noses right Mm -hmm. girl opens the door gets drilled right through the neck yeah here comes the 24 inch drill bit thing again Mm-hmm. That's his only weapon, essentially, in the whole movie. This deranged killer. Yeah. Um, the ki- like I said before, I mentioned the killer speaks. Um, I thought that really cheesed things up like quite a bit. They made him. I don't know. I don't know. Made him less eerie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just, um, I was hoping it would be better because I thought it was kind of promising in the beginning if you could get past the... Right. Same. Jump scares galore. Oh, yeah, man. Which there is was a, like, a modern day tactic. Yeah. You know? I have a love-hate relationship with those. I love them, yeah. but it also like, my neck and my back hurt like after the <laughs> end of it because I'm like, ugh. <laughs> um, if that's all you're using, though, I mean... You know, like, it's like a crutch, I guess. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. But, you know, they they have car trouble. They have to stay in this shitty place or whatever. Um, Right in the beginning, like, Alex, the young girl, like, the one that wasn't supposed to be there. She, like, hit in the back of the truck. Yeah, yeah. She's still in booze. And the lady that owns, like, the um, home, like, the local store, like, knows what she's up to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Calls her out. Yeah. And then like she you know, hey, I stole this booze or whatever. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um Yeah, it's funny because you know, they get there and they set it up to do exactly what this girl's mom had done in the party. Because like in the beginning of the movie, they would dance and so they got there and then they start dancing Mm -hmm. and then they make brownies and then they do this and Mm -hmm. that girl Alex, she goes on a walk or whatever Mm because she's like, This shit is lame. And finds the guy who was supposed to repair their car yeah. dead with his eyes drilled out. Yeah. He like falls on top of her yeah. and like starts like, ble- I, I did think that part. I was like, okay, that's not a bad part of the movie. I, like, I agree. That was special the, effects. Very cool. 
I 100% agree with that. That was my thought as well. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's not so bad. Yeah. So she like goes back to the house and, um, you know, she's like obviously panicked. This guy's dead and she's trying to tell them the oven dings and they all just like pull out weapons and they're like, <laughs> oh, well, we're actually here for this reason. So, you know, good thing you ran into him. Yeah. Like. And I was like, what the hell mm-hmm. is this? Kind of weird. Yeah, it was weird. I didn't see it coming, though. So, you know, kudos to the directors for yeah. that, because I literally had no idea that movie was going in that direction. Same. But I at this point, I wrote down uh, just very generic feeling. It reminds me of Scream, kind of mm-hmm. watered down. Um, PG yeah. type film. Like it's scary, but it's not too scary. It's okay to watch. You know, I got that's the kind of vibe I get. Like, I want like this guy's gonna kill us all. We should be completely terrified. Yeah, and that's the thing. Everybody was like real cocky. Like, we can do this. Really, you can not teenage vigilantes. Yeah, Um, I don't know, man. Not my film, but um, the part where the dude gets drilled into the tree is kind of fucked up too. Yeah, that was a. That was another good special effect, I thought. Yeah. Um, but then, can I go go ahead, and then I have something to say. I, no, I, you I, go, I, ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, because I'm here. Okay, <laughs> and then, okay, okay. And then we get to this part that kind of, kind of I know comes what out you're of nowhere. talking about. These muscly buff dudes with, like, they may be fake tattoos, oddly placed, like, weird fake tattoos. There's this homoerotic pillow fight. Feathers are flying everywhere. Feathers, champagne, like they won a NASCAR race. It was uh, the shirtless. I wanted to turn it off at that point because I was like, and they're and then they are stand like the girls are standing outside watching watching them, and I'm like, is this what guys do? Yeah, no, no, it's literally not. (laughs) (laughs) Like they don't. It's like what. What? It is the weirdest thing. It was. What a weird thing to put in a movie. I, I couldn't believe it. I was yeah. like, what? I'm gonna th- I didn't look up who directed this movie, but um I don't know. It's I feel like it's something they snuck in there that you know, maybe Who okayed that? Because yeah, like exactly. that that's what I'm trying to say. Just and, and you know what? It made the movie that much cornier. Yeah, I'm corny corny guy joke yeah there's multiple guys the guy guy this guy that guy, guy one no guy, not guy, guy, guy two no, it's not like that guy it's that's like not funny who's on first type bullshit yeah uh yeah i did not like that at all i thought that was super corny you know i i appreciate the message of you know men can have pillow fights <laughs> if that's what they were trying to do mm-hmm. like if that's what they want to do totally fine cool right. i don't care go ahead right, and do right. that i appreciate the point they were trying to make about like feminism sure. like you know women girls whoever identifies as a female they can do these things right. i appreciated that sure but i think they made it too corny they did like the slow motion and just the way it was shot and filmed overall. Yeah. I think that's what we're trying to say. Yeah. I think we could have got the, like the message that feminism is awesome. Yeah. Uh, without going, it was extra. It was too extra. I agree. I, 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 I made it to the point where I had to write down one of the worst films I've seen. In a long time. <laughs> the machete toss. 
Wait, what what part was that? You'll have to remind me. There's a girl like outside. Another one comes out and like tosses or uh, tosses this machete, and she catches it by the handle. Yeah, there ain't no like, way in hell you do that. Like she's a juggler, like in a fucking circus. Like she does this every day, all day yeah. long. I'd be afraid I'd cut my goddamn hand yeah. off. <laughs> I'm like, you th- lay it down. I'll come get it. Like, don't throw the machete. Like, you rule number one: don't throw machetes yeah, at your friends. God, like. She- I thought they were all like, she was like, we've been preparing for this for a year. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Very cheesy. I thought it was cheesy through and through. Yeah. Uh, You know what was wild though? And this, this goes back to the other, uh, the pillow fight scene. When the guy's weapon of choice is an, an electric guitar. That was, I couldn't, I can't even take it. At that point, I I was like, is it, this is like scream. This is or like scary movie. There's no way that this is real. No, it wasn't even a cool guitar. It was some cheap knockoff. They got it like, um, the dollar store. Yeah. It was horrible. And he he fights with it. But who, who in real life is going to choose that guitar? Literally no one. You pick a knife. He fights the killer with it. The killer like saws it in half the guitar strings get wound up in his saw and they slash the the guy who was holding the guitar's like face all up no, listen i thought that part was pretty like wild that was that that specific part yeah that cool. specific part because yeah. i was like holy crap the the strings are wrapped around the drill and yeah. they're spinning guitars are not weapons folks yeah and then that leads into another awkward scene i was just like um the male shower scene there's this oh come on he's showering he's all sudsy and it slowly pans down to his ass cheeks yeah i was like and then then pans back up i was like but like there's the music playing i was like this is really unnecessary it was was bizarre and completely out of place like are are you just wanting to show a butt right now do you think they did that as like to like pay tribute to the shower scenes in the first slumber party like we shot girls like this. Why not shoot a dude's ass? Yeah. I don't know. I kind of had that thought, but I just felt like if they would have shown other parts, like with a little bit of nudity, but this was like completely out of nowhere. It was like it slowly panned down to his ass. Yeah. Like it was just like, what? <laughs> so I would just, I was like watching this movie and I'm like, and the dramatic washing it's like, he's not even taking like a normal shower. People are getting killed all around him, and he suddens up. He suddens up, he, just he no big deal. Up. He yeah. suddens up. I don't know, man. Like, um, it was weird. It was uh, like people need showers, but this was just like I would be taking a quick shower and getting the hell out of. Yeah, there. no shit. Like, <laughs> I just wait till I get home. It like, I'd escape first. It was just so. It caught me off guard. Is it all. did too. There was weird. There was certain things, certain scenes that I was just like, "This isn't why. Why am?" Yeah, and I thought the dialogue of the killer was just, like, lame as fuck. Um, I gave this movie 1 out of 10. Would not recommend. If you want to watch watch the original one, it is at least a 6 out of 10, in my opinion. Yeah. Five, 5 out of 10, 6 out of 10. I will say the uh, the last one, or the, the original one, was way better. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, maybe some people like this type of film. I just thought it was... It was like a film someone had been dreaming to make and like they put all these scenes like together. Threw in whatever the hell they wanted. They were like, you know what I've always wanted to shoot? Men having a pillow fight. Badass chicks saving the day. Yeah. But like make it as corny as possible. Don't make them cool. Yeah. Fuck a gun or a knife. We need a guitar. Yeah, no shit. We need a guitar. I don't know, man. Or a stick. Like 
decent try. I don't even know if it came out to theaters or not. I don't remember it. Uh, this was like seemed like it was like straight to DVD type shit for me. I think it. I think I read that it appeared on the Sci Fi Channel first. Uh, maybe. Well, now that you say that, that makes complete sense. I could be wrong, but I I honestly feel like that's what I read. So like just direct to TV, yeah. not even like a DVD I release. Think that's what it was. All right. Well, that's enough said about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do actually have a real uh, quick true story. Okay. Of an escaped mental patient. Before we go. Uh, his name is David True Steele. He was accused of kidnapping and the attempted rape of an eight-year-old girl. He was tried, but he was acquitted in 2002 by reason of insanity. He was then sent to Hawaii State Hospital, where he would remain for seven years, and he somehow managed to scale a 14-foot wire mesh fence in 2009. Wow. He went on to live a life under the name of Sarif Swaim for the next four years. Like, totally got a new identity. He took karate, you know, he made friends, and he even developed a close relationship with a guy he'd known since high school, which I have a lot of questions about. Did he know you escaped? Did he know you were in a mental institution? Mm -hmm. Did he know what you did? Did he recognize you? Did, did he know what you did? Did you befriend him and just pretend to be a totally different person? Like, mm -hmm. that was weird to me. That was a weird part of this story. Yeah. So that friend, anyway, that friend uh, was uh, from high school. His name was Rory Thompson Wick. Uh, David lived on his property or lived near him in the same subdivision. I saw both accounts, so I can't really be sure which mm -hmm. one. But obviously David's, you know, still carried some kind of issues or mental problems because he stabbed Rory to death on his property. And when police responded to the call, they found David like standing in the driveway with blood all over his clothes and he tells the police i killed my brother damn david also told him where he could find rory's body and when they found it he was face up in a ditch about 30 yards behind his house and someone actually called into crime stoppers and reported that he was you know at a martial arts place taking lessons and that he was using a fake name and it was you know actually david and that was like a month before he killed rory so I don't know if that like fell through the cracks or it takes that long to follow I up. I right, don't know. Right. But anyway, he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. And then once that's up, he has to go back to the mental hospital. So escaped mental patients, I believe that's rare, but definitely a real thing. That's, that's really terrifying too. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, very scary. Yeah. Not only are they like killers, but they have like a mental disorder. That yes. Yeah. It makes them just very unstable. Well, icing um, on the cake, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I also found like an urban legend, but I'm going to save that one. And it's an urban legend about an escaped uh, patient from a mental institution, but then actually like started as an urban legend and turned into a true story. So that sounds exciting. Yes. Yep. <laughs> All right. That was a good episode. Um, it was a fun one. Some completely different than we've done before. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed really it. Liked it. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely our longest episode is looks like about a, a minute 16 or an hour and 16 minutes. So cool. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. Sorry if we spoiled anything, but I mean, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, Blakely. I'm good. See you later. All right. See you later. It's Sunday underground. <laughs>